on a limb and say that. So the reality of disappointment, and even whenever I'm using that, but disappointment equals when reality fails to meet expectations. Here's your reality. Here's the expectations. Expectations doesn't come out to be what reality is. That, now that's not always the case, but much of the time it can be. Uh, the reality is that has not been that way for the first few weeks of spring. The reality of it was is that uh, we had cooler weather than we normally get, and I think you can prove that uh, mathematically, <laughs> looking at the temperatures, just using that as an example. I wanted it, I expected it, and it didn't turn out that way. And then when you, you look outside and you see the magnolia tree that has pink flowers, and they're getting ready to come out, and you see the next day it's going to be freezing. And you go, those flowers are going to turn brown and black. We had them for one day. That was last year. This year it was almost the same. I had high expectations to see those pink flowers. There are some certain places. Are, you, are, they, are they looking good? Still doing it? Oh, see, warmer spot there. Ours froze, turned brown on the ground. If they would have been a week later, been okay. I don't have any hope for the trees on the north side of the house. That's right. It's a difference there. The key words are reality and expectations. Reality, expectations. And both of these words are just charged up with theological meaning. Reality, expectation. So, we go to the theology of disappointment. <laughs> Had to get that in, didn't we? Reality is the world that surrounds us. You know, it's fact. It's real. The world existed before we were born. Right? The world is what we were born into. It's beyond our control. We can't do anything about it. We know it. That's what makes us even more frustrated. We like to change it, but it's according to laws of how it operates. And we know that the world is real. There is reality. And it constantly fails to match the way we would like to see it. It could be just a little bit better. Reality is the world in which God placed us, isn't it? He placed us in a real world. Look in Genesis 2.8. This is the way it started. This is the way it's supposed to be. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden. And there He placed the man whom He had formed. How the ground the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was a beautiful place. It was a perfect place in the sense that there was no sin there. Everything was uh, created and it was good, God said. So God made Adam to be the image of Himself here on earth. Because in chapter 1, verse 28, we know God is Lord, right? He's Lord over all. He has dominion over all. But what, do you, what does He do with Adam here? God blessed them. God said to them, Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea 
and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So he's like, you're Lord of the earth. Subdue it. Um, that's a pretty big job. And without sin, it can be done. Man wants to have dominion over that. The reality of that world, that's where God placed Adam and Eve. They were in a perfect environment. Now, expectations are man-made response to reality. Expectations come from us and it, it responds to reality. Expectations are partly hope. The anticipation that, uh, I guess you could say, reality will be greater joy, greater peace. Hope anticipates there will be a greater accomplishment. Right? A greater joy, greater peace, greater accomplishment. Expectation. Those are good, aren't they? I mean, shouldn't we want a, a, a greater joy and such? Um, Adam had an ultimate disappointment. He's in the perfect environment. Nobody has ever been in that sense. Adam lost a great spot where God put him. And that was an ideal reality. Reality was there, and do you think he was ever disappointed at that time? He disobeyed God. And of course we have to think of Genesis 3. probably don't want to read that whole thing, but uh, the way that Genesis 3.8 starts is they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. What happened? Sin, right? Disobedience. Then the Lord God called to the man said to him, Where are you? There's, there's the story. And there's how God you know, introduced to them how they now had sinned but he also offers the good news. But there's also a curse, and uh, the curse is is that uh, to the woman, I'll greatly multiply your pain in childbirth, and pain you'll bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband. He'll rule over you. And then he said to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you, and toil you will eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, to dust you will return. And so there we have that story that we're so familiar with. Do you think they were disappointed whenever they saw what really happened when reality struck now? Uh, the world was resolved to suffer decay, corruption, death. Uh, you have roses, beautiful roses, and all the roses have what? Thorns. <laughs> you know, boy, when you try to take care of those roses and you reach your hand in there without a glove, got blood all over the place. Even with a glove, it can do that. It can stab you in the glove. I am tore up. It's what happens, doesn't it? <laughs> and something so beautiful. So Adam's descendants inherited the ability to be what? Disappointed. As we inherit his sin, Adam and Eve's sin, all people get that right, 
they also have the ability to be disappointed. As a matter of fact, every person is going to be disappointed. Adam's descendants also, though, inherited expectations of a better world. What did God tell Adam and Eve? Well, that there was going to be I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. That means no contest for the Messiah or eventually known as the Messiah or the Son of God would come here and destroy the works of the devil. And of course he's done that. Uh, but they expected from there on out and who knows, they, whenever they had their first son... They expected, this is the one. But, no, it wasn't. And then people kept looking for the Messiah. They, what were they looking for? A better world. When the Messiah comes, He'll make everything better. So they, you know, we have inherited the memory of the garden. It's in our minds because we know here's the way things really ought to be. So when things break, it's frustrating. Things aren't supposed to break. Things aren't supposed to decay and corrupt. God didn't make the world that way, but then, of course, we saw what happened. Um, you know that disappointment can be found probably on just about every page of the Bible, if you look hard enough. It's definitely throughout Scriptures. You, you'll see it. Uh, look in Job. Everybody knows the story of Job. Job's an upright man. Job is a godly man. And matter of fact, you know, his wife had even told him to curse God and die, and what did he say? How did he reply back? Lord gives the Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We sing that song, don't we? Blessed be the name of the Lord. But this, what you're saying here, this expectations and disappointment reality, that explains substance abuse. Oh, doesn't it? Right. It really does. Alcohol abuse, yep. drug abuse. Yep. I mean, this is the answer to this because they are looking for something better. They're they're expecting that they can feel better. That's you know. I mean, and when you really look at it that way, you can understand. I mean, we don't condone it, but we can understand why people look outside themselves. We know that that's definitely not the answer, and all it's going to do is destroy them. But. They're looking for something. There's something better. So in Job 3.1, afterward Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. Now in chapter 1, he's saying, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job didn't sin, nor did he blame God. Now the reality is really striking. He opened his mouth, cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was to be born. It'd be better if I was never born. And the night which said a boy is conceived. May that day be darkness. Let not God above care for it, nor light shine on it. Let darkness and black gloom claim it. Let a cloud settle. He's experiencing failure, disappointment. His expectations were higher, and now as time has gone on, it, it really has worn on him. I mean, we've experienced that kind of thought in some way or another. Uh, Psalm 88, verse 12. Actually, it's the whole chapter. And this is from the sons of Korah. 
Hey, Bob, remember that? The sons of Korah. This one is major disappointment. Disappointment in God, even blaming God and such. I'm not saying that's good and we should never do that, but do you know what? We do at times, and not even knowing it sometimes. But look at this. O Lord, the God of my salvation, I have cried out by day and in the night before You. Let my prayer come before You. Incline Your ear to my cry, for my soul has had enough troubles, and my life has drawn near to Sheol. I am reckoned among those who go down to the pit. I have become like a man without strength, forsaken among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more. And they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the lowest pit, in dark places, in the depths. Your wrath has rested upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your waves. Selah. But you need a break for a moment. This is heavy. Bring on some instruments. Bring on some joyous tunes or something. Oh, you have removed my acquaintances far from me. You have made me an object of loathing to them. I am shut up and cannot go out. My eye has wasted away because of affliction. I have called upon you every day, O Lord. I have spread out my hands to you. You have not answered is what he's saying. I pray all the time. Will you perform wonders for the dead? Will the departed spirits rise and praise you then? You know, you're not doing anything here, the Lord. You know, look at these guys. You might have the the ones that are dead are better off. Will your loving kindness be declared in the grave, your faithfulness in Abaddon? And here's the verse I was trying to get at. Will your wonders be made known in the darkness and your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? This... This psalm doesn't really turn out well, does it? We keep going, but O Lord, I have cried out to You for help, and in the morning my prayer comes before You. O Lord, why do You reject my soul? Why do You hide Your face from me? I was afflicted and about to die from my youth on. I suffer Your terrors. I am overcome. Your burning anger has passed over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. They have surrounded me like water all day long. They have encompassed me altogether. You have removed lover and friend far from me. My acquaintances are in darkness. Whoa! Is this guy depressed? All the way through. A lot of times in the Psalms it will start out that way and then it will end up in praise. You know what? This is human. This is coming from somebody that was really real. Granted, we are to give glory in all things and be thankful, but this is human personality. Why did God even let that be allowed in the Bible? Because we need to hear that. First of all, we don't want to get to that point, but think about Job. and You think about these sons of Korah, the suffering they were going through, and sometimes we just don't have the right attitude going through that. And that was pretty heavy stuff. I mean, that that is very, very heavy. Would you say that that's disappointment? Disappointment in God. I think it's a sure sign that people expect more than that. I like Romans 8, verse 19. Actually, this is really a story of hope here, but it uh, again shows... Well, on the 88, though, what, why, that how we get there is because we do know how good God is. 
and from that goodness and that graciousness, we desire for that to be shown to us. Why isn't he doing anything? Mm-hmm. We've been there. I think we've all been there. Well, God, why aren't you doing it? Well, you know, we expect, we don't really think of things as expectations. You wake up in the morning and you expect to get up and go about your business and coffee feel pot. okay. Coffee pot. Coffee pot works. <laughs> Toilet works. Yeah, you know, you shower, you know, just all it's this not stuff. Like you, it's not, yeah. It doesn't seem yeah. like an expectation. Until the coffee pot quit works. But it's yeah, working. Or the toilet overflows. Or, <laughs> or your house gets flooded, right? <laughs> the hot water. The car doesn't start. But, but it doesn't seem like you're expecting anything. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's supposed to be that way. That's right. Yeah. You can put it that way. Yeah. It's just supposed to be that way. That's just the way when it it's is. not. Yeah. And, and, and this expectation thing is kind of... <laughs> Unless we live I did in not another... expect to hear this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but if we live in another country, we wouldn't expect any of that. That we just yeah, it, we would have different expectations. We would still have expectations. Yeah, we would. Yeah, you'd expect water in the next week. Right. Well, I mean, however, you would expect the rulers to come and burn your village or something. You would still have expectations. <laughs> Yeah. That's wild. Well, here it is. Here's anxious expectations here. For the anxious longing or expectations of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God or the glorification of us. Creation can't wait until we get glorified because then we'll have a glorified creation with no more freezing weather and beautiful weather every day with the perfect roses with no thorns. Creation feels the way that we feel about it. However that can be. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. He didn't do anything. But because of Him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until (laughs) now. And then it talks about ourselves. We wait eagerly for His adoptions. And we are waiting for that, and we should, for the redemption of the... That's really the the best longing that we can have. That's also an expectation. It's a good thing. And that's a good and expectations can be good. Yes. Matter of fact, don't 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 let me ruin everything. I should say, well, I shouldn't have any expectations. No, we we should. God has put that in in our hearts to have that. Absolutely, don't you know? Don't take it that oh, then we should never really be eager about anything. No, we should be. We have every reason to be. And but ultimately, it's pointing to glorification. Sure sign that we should be expecting more, and it'll get back not only to the way that it was in the Garden of Eden, but it'll be better than that. Adam and Eve were not glorified, and all of creation, all of creation will be glorified along with us. So, how do we process this disappointment? Well, you can take the little disappointments. Broken families, failed careers, declining health, 
years of planning and all that work and all the time and effort went almost we could almost uh, study Ecclesiastes now couldn't we <laughs> we may fear that even our adult children and I, I'm I'm just taking this right out of the book out of the tabletop he said we may fear that your adult children will not carry on the values of the family That's one of my biggest stumbling parts right now. I'm really having difficulty with my uh, my own children. children. Yeah. Relationships that should have been lifelong cut short. Divorces and this and that and all that that go on. Or you, here's even worse. You reach the goal of what you were expecting and... It's not what you expect. It's not what you expect. <laughs> the guys who win the World Championship in the World Series, they're glad they won it. I've heard of so many interviews and they said, after I got there, it wasn't really... The extreme expectation. This really, I thought it was going to be more. So it was a great joy to win it, but so it was like, again next year, next yeah. So you have to keep winning, but of course that's put in us. But you know, you get to the top, and all of a sudden, look, there could be maybe nothing there, and maybe so. You know, I, I and you could be very joyful about it, and you know. But I'm just saying that that can happen very easily. It can leave an empty feeling. And then they go ask that guy yeah. <laughs> the same question. Yeah. How's it feel to win the World Series? Oh, it's great, it's great. <laughs> they go home and you know three days later and they go, oh, This is it. <laughs> Michael Phelps who won all those gold yeah. uh, medals. I like that song years ago. Who did that? Evans, I don't uh, know, but boy, that really... I played that for the boys not long ago. It's, it's um, oh gosh. Yeah. If that's all there is. Yeah, Paul McCartney likes that one. That's all I can remember. <laughs> We're getting uh, close. And Peggy Lee. Does it go back right. to like the 60s or something like that? Maybe? Peggy Lee. As you look it up. Is that all there is? That pretty well sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's break up the booze and have a ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very, it's a very depressing very dark. song. Yeah. Eat, drink, be merry. Mm. While he's looking that up, you're going to get that in a moment. We'll turn to Ecclesiastes. You have to, you have to turn to that because. <laughs> That's what all Ecclesiastes is, is and is yeah, ease. Uh-huh. I'm impressed. 69. You guys worked it together. You got it, Bob. Fantastic. Those little phones are amazing, aren't they? We would have we would have thought about this the rest of the week. That's kind of an early rap song because the verses are all talking. Do you remember that? 
the original it's, rap song. It's like a story that is narrated. Oh, Jim Reeves did that a lot too. Yeah. Didn't he? Southern, yeah. Southern gospel singer Bill yeah, uh, Jimmy D did that with. Uh, That's right. Big Bad Jump. That was pretty. <laughs> oh yeah, he's talked all the poetry. Ecclesiastes 1.14 I have seen all the works which have been done under the sun, and behold, all striving after the wind. This they can't get it. That's right. You keep plunging for it, and you can't get it. This world cannot provide ultimate satisfaction. If only the people who are abusing drugs and alcohol and all the other stuff they're trying to satisfy with, they would they cannot get that ultimate satisfaction. Nobody can. Except Oh, there we go. I bet you I bet you we could reach back and pull out a lot of songs and understand why they were saying those things. That's that's good. They were grappling with this whole expectation. Solomon. Is he a good one to think about? His disappointment was not ultimately about the trees or the food or the wine or the gardens or the dignitaries. It was a realization that this world does not provide ultimate satisfaction. He had it all. If there was any man who had it all, except for maybe an Adam and Eve, you know, but I mean, he had physical things that were around, gold and just just a beautiful world that he lived in. But he was not satisfied. And how many wives? 700 plus the concubines and 1,000 wives your specific disappointments are not exclusive. Would you say that, that Jesus was disappointed at times? You know, the things yeah, he was. The things he explained to his disciples sometimes. Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah. Um, How long will I be with you? Yeah. The, the, you know, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted to take you up as, you know, as a hen gathers. Well, how about you, Drew the Vipers? <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> Talk about a disappointment. Yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah, Even yeah. Jesus in his humanity. Yeah. Yeah, because he had taught them, you know, and, yeah. Going into the temple and seeing the money changers. Oh yeah, yeah. He got he got angry over that. So yeah, he showed definitely. So that's that's a good thing there. I mean, Jesus never sinned, and his expectations were without sin, and we too can have that, or we can have sinful expectations if it's outside God's will, or we can have good expectations. Realizing that it's good, it's it's for the glory of God, it's in His will, but yet it still doesn't work out the way that you'd like. And you know what? Sometimes we get disappointed and it's really a personal thing that we have and we think we're the only ones and we're going through this and we don't realize that everybody else 
is going through different things too. Sometimes some are going through much worse than we do, but we can't even see it because we're so blinded up by what we're looking at ourselves. Our expectations don't always line up with what God says about reality. What does God tell us about the world? It's broken. The world is broken. Everything else is broken. So if we're willing to accept that description, of course, that's where salvation starts. If we realize that we are hungry, that we are poor. God said the world is marked by futility and difficulty. Sometimes our expectations forget about the fallen world. Fallen relationships, they're broken. Expecting an ideal family, that prevents people from actually enjoying the family that they have now. Work and career, something can be cut off. Somebody can lose their job and it's part part of our calling. But careers are not even guaranteed. Our ailing health, we can be very unthankful whenever unhealthy days come, days we are challenged by that. And we, I think we're thinking that the world should is untouched by the fall. And it is the opposite, isn't it? Number four, your disappointments may show your expectations do line up with the Word of God. You feel the sorrows of a broken family. You know that we're made for intimacy, to, to know people real well. Um, can become disillusioned, but if we look at it in the right way, we can see that, hey, here's the way it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be this way, but we're in a broken world, and this is why this is broken here. Um, submitting to the Lord, though. Just saying, okay, thank you, Lord. You've put, put us in this situation, and help us glean what You want us to out of this. The last even, one here. Even that, there's a little disappointment in salvation here. I mean, aren't things supposed to be good now? Yeah, as soon as you become a Christian, everything's pain. great from there on. Yeah, you know, I, I think even uh, my own experience, I didn't think everything was going to be perfect. But, you know, it could be a little easier. Thought it was gonna be better. It could be a little easier. Well, a lot of a lot of people. And I, and I do that even now after all these years. I think it could be a little easier than this. It could be a little nicer. It could be a little softer landing sometimes. You know why is it so hard? And then you go, but <laughs> right. Well, but I'm saying, you know, even even this whole experience with the Lord, it can be a little disappointing. Because he's God. You know what? I, I have some expectations would, about God. Would you say? Would you say that there are people who come into the Christian realm? They want to follow Jesus because they think everything is just going to be really smooth and go really good because they hear that kind of gospel preached exactly. in different places. And then after about a year or so, or sometime down the road, things aren't going as juicy as I thought this was going to be. And a lot of them, what happens? They bail out. When Jesus was talking to some of some of the disciples, not the twelve, but some of the other ones, and of course they started leaving right. because, because they knew the heart of man. Yeah. He was not because they were turning on him quick. 
Don't you think, and you're speaking about Jesus, don't you think that had to disappoint him though when they just, he saw them just turn their back on him and leave? Had to be disappointing. And he had expectations, but at the same time, of course he's God and he also knows, but that's his humanity part. Last one, and I think this is really good, your disappointments should be lamentation and seeking. You know, Jeremiah, lamentations, lamenting. Lament the disappointment, right? Okay, we're, we're human, yeah. Express those disappointments to who? To the Lord. Tell Him, you know, hey, this is you know, what I'm going through. He knows that. It's a lot better than hiding them there and harboring just to be spiritual, but to bring them out. And the psalmists so often do that, don't they? But I think at the same time, we also want to maintain a holiness of God and a high view of God, though, too, while we do that with great respect. But, but sometimes we just He wants us to just release it to Him and release those expectations that, that failed and trusting, and He'll restore the situation, however may be fit that, the, that He wants, in His wisdom and in His timing. It might be that those expectations do happen but in His timing, because we like to rush Him on. And, and I like this last one. He teaches us to seek. Remember in Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, and you have Abraham, of course, of the other, and we'll just turn to one verse there and he close this out. Hebrews 11. I think this is good. That This is how you live by faith. They had some struggles. And... In verse 15 of Hebrews 11, and if indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. Talking about a real country, real land, they could have returned. But as is, is they left their own homeland, didn't they? Abraham did, for instance. But as it is, they desire a better country. This is the right expectation for sure. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. And that is why and where this is really all shooting for, where all will be perfect. It's not pie in the sky. It's something that's for real. So, disappointment can be refined it can be used. God works together all things for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So that's right here. And later on, it's much better. So that's kind of... We, we didn't get to, to solve the whole good news on this, but we get the idea. Well, I did. nobody walked out yet. So <laughs> still holding. <laughs> anyway. Pray that, that that helps us in, in our daily walk. Just another life Bible lesson, right? Hey, Bob, could you close for us there? Heavenly Father, You are so good and uh, we are so broken and we really need You desperately all the time. And uh, so, Lord, um, thank You for this teaching tonight and for...
causing us to be a little bit unsettled in our own minds to know that uh, you do this for a reason, to teach us to grow in you and to uh, understand what it is to walk the faith even more. Uh, and that gives you glory. Father, we just, uh, along with what we've learned tonight, may we all be more sensitive to one another, to know that everybody's got a story, everyone's going through something, and uh, we don't always have to know about it or no details or anything, Lord, but help us to pray more for one another, to bear one another's burdens more when they are revealed to us, and, you know, with patience and with passion, and to... Uh, To not be, uh, to not keep things inside to where they fester and uh, develop uh, the wrong kind of uh, attitudes, Lord, where we would get cynical or where we would uh, get uh, bitter or anything like that. Lord, help us to uh, be open to one another and share and to uh, minister to one another as. Uh, as we learn to walk with you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We walk by faith, not by sight. What? what? Uh, that was Petra, wasn't it? <laughs> I guess that sums it all up. Walk by faith. Another one. All these songs, they, they, they wrote those songs for a reason. Walk by faith, not by expectation. Yeah. Maybe have to write our own through, song. Maybe they went through the same thing we're going through. That could very well be. <laughs> I think you're you're onto something there. <laughs> yeah.